Hey y'all, welcome back to the Friends Good Reading Podcast. You're listening to Season 3 with your host, Jalisa. What are you waiting for? Smash the like button and subscribe. Learn today, lead tomorrow. Hey y'all, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Jalisa, and you're listening to Season 3 of the Friends of Caprini Podcast. So happy to have you guys back listening with us. We want to say thank you to our 1,000 plus subscribers that we have on Apple and also on Spotify. And if you are new to the show, then welcome. What are you waiting for? Go ahead and tap that like button right now. Share this with your friends and make sure you subscribe on all of your listening platforms, wherever you listen to your podcast that because you don't want to miss what we have coming up this season for season three. So today, guys, the episode is not going to be like any of the typical ones that you've seen before or heard before. We are not doing an interview per se with another guest, but I will be taking questions and answering questions. Um, those that have been submitted to us via social media or via email. And I'll be giving some gems and some tips and advice for those that are looking to unschool. I want to preface this by saying that my answers, of course, will be solely directly just mine. And it will be more so related to my experience with my unschooled child. But it does not mean that by no means that my answers are going to be the end all be all as everyone's experience is going to be completely different for their children. So I want to make sure you guys understand that and make sure you continue to do your own research and your due diligence as well and also do what works for you. Um, If you can relate, then use some of the tips and if you can't, then as I say, let it fly. So let's get into it. We're going to call this episode, Let's Play 10 Questions. Um, I'm just going to do 10 for the sake of time. So let's play 10 questions. And we're going to talk about unschooling. So the first question that I saw that was submitted was, what is unschooling? So in the short of it, pretty much unschooling is child-led learning and it's all interest-based. Um, everything is based off of what the child wants to learn, how they want to learn, when they want to learn, where they want to learn, why they want to learn it, how long they want to learn it for, all of those things. And so unschooling really looks like your child being able to just kind of take on the, I want to say the responsibility Um, They kind of just take the ranks of their own learning and their own education and just really doing things the way that they seek fit for their lives. Now, a lot of people are probably thinking like that's crazy because, you know, most children are not really capable of really making decisions. But I'm here to tell you that there are some decisions that you can free up and allow your children to make. And one of those may be as it relates to their own education. The thing is, is that if you look at your life, you know, and you look at your own educational background, there are probably a lot of things that you learned in public school or in private school or Catholic or what have you 
but a lot of those things you're probably not using right now. And you might have felt that you might have wasted time through all of your years in schooling. Well, the way it works for unschoolers is that there is no wasted time. All of the time that they're putting towards learning something will be towards things that they're actually interested in and things that they can actually benefit from using or having knowledge of later on in life. Now, what I can say to you is that unschoolers are very likely to kind of like want to explore one thing and then stop and explore something else. And I know a lot of parents are probably like, oh man, you know, that kind of sucks and they want their child to kind of stick with one particular thing and see it all the way through. But the reality of it is that we are multi-dimensional people and like our like us as adults, our children are going to really go into the different, you know, swimming pools and swim into the different things and really explore, right? And so what you want to keep in mind is that your child may fall in love with one particular thing at this moment, but at a different season of their life, they'll fall in love with something else. That doesn't mean that they're not going to use the knowledge and skills that they've gained from the first thing. They will. It will just show up in a different way and they may apply it in a different way later on in life. So I hope I'm answering that question as best as possible for you. Thank you so much to the person who asked it. Um, So yeah, that's it. On to the second question. (laughs) So... We have, how do kids learn what they need to know as unschoolers? Um, This is a good question. And so what I would say is, again, it's based off of what they are interested in. So for example, like with my little one, he is nine years old. um, And if we were to do based on grade level, he would be grade level five currently. And so... Typically, in grade level five, most kids should be learning about pre-algebra, geometry. They should be working on um, their, you know, order of operations as it relates to addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, fractions, measurements, things of that nature when it comes to math. So I say this to say that my son is largely interested in Um, engineering and he's interested in seeing how things are built and creating these things and whatnot. One way that he learns these typical math skills, if you will, is through doing. What he will do is literally take his Legos and start to build and create things. And I know a lot of people are probably wondering, well, that's not learning math, but it actually is because he's the person who has to measure and figure out How many Lego pieces does he need to build said thing? So if he's building a car, he needs to map that out. He needs to figure out um, how many pieces he needs to build. He also has the opportunity to learn about 2D and and 3D design there and using the math skills to figure out, okay, how many pieces would it take for him to create a 3D image? Um, Learning and discovering about volume, Um, of a 3D image as it relates to math. And so we really like to do things that are not necessarily always abstract, but sometimes that are just really concrete where he gets to kind of manipulate the items that he's working with or playing with. And he can use a lot of the 
background knowledge that he may have when it comes to math and implement that into what he's actually working on in his projects. So one way that I would say that unschoolers can learn is simply by doing. Um, being able to really use some of the information that they already have and then applying it to whatever the project is that they're doing or if they're in an apprenticeship or, you know, et cetera, whatever. And it also, you know, it's levels to this as well because it depends on how advanced or how old your child may be. Um, what I would really say is not necessarily to focus on like those core standards that your child may need to know, but just to really help them and support them um, as they kind of go through their journey and making sure that they enjoy what it is that they're learning. So that's how I would answer that question. Thank you so much for that one as well, for the person that also sent that one. Um, our next question is going to be, what's a typical unschool day like for us? So in our household, um, it differs. <laughs> it differs all the time, guys, just because one, I'm a single mom and I have one child that is unschooling and I do have a tendency to work with other children who are either homeschooling traditionally or unschooling also or public school students. Um, so it kind of varies. For us, we're in a space where my child is more of an independent learner, so I don't necessarily need to guide him through everything, but I do need to be able to support him in the sense of making sure he has all of the resources and tools that are needed and making sure that we can kind of have open discussion to discuss um, the things that he's learning about. So currently, for example, uh, this, this week he started to read the Why We Can't Wait book by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And this is something that we picked up, you know, just to kind of focus a little bit more in on Dr. King's perspective about some of the things that were happening during the 1960s. So um, one of the things that we've kind of started to discuss is some of the things that happened in, of course, Montgomery, um, and Bull Connor and riots and, and, you know, a host of things. And what he actually decided to do was create a project where he's going to have an opportunity to interview people who were actually living during that time period. Um, and this is a great thing because kind of piggybacking also into the, the second question, how do they learn? Um, this is a great thing for him because it gives him an opportunity to really learn about researching, uh, putting together his projects, whether it's writing a paper or whatever he may be building. But he's also learning about primary and secondary resources as well. And that's a big thing for kids to, you know, really learn and really know how to do and conduct research um, and experimenting. The other thing is that we kind of have conversations, open-ended conversations about the things that he's reading and how it relates in real time to the things that are happening now. So one of the things that we did this week was really just kind of sit down and talk about the book. And then we discussed a couple of things that we saw recently in the news um, and how that kind of relates to some of the perspectives 
that were mentioned in the book. Another thing that we did this week um, was really just kind of enjoying each other's time. And so this week is the week of Kwanzaa. And yesterday was the first day of Kwanzaa. And so we wanted to focus on unity and togetherness. And I know a lot of people are probably like, okay, well, what did you do? We really honestly did our basic day-to-day stuff, guys. Um, Really just, you know, making sure that we were cooking together. We were doing laundry together. We're cleaning up our home together, getting things refreshed and ready for the upcoming year. And just kind of, you know, checking in and having those mom and son conversations, making sure that um, we're clear on what each other needs and all of those things. So that was really how we kind of spent the day and how we're going to possibly continue to go with the week um, as it continues to evolve. But that's typically like what some of our days are like. Again, not every day is like that. Sometimes we are outdoors and we're traveling. Sometimes we're doing something with nature and we're just exploring. Um, So it really honestly depends. I love this question, but I would say it depends on who you ask just because every every family's, you know, experience is going to be different and every child is going to be different. Even if you have two or three children in the same household, their perspectives of how they're going to spend their unschool day will be different because of how they learn and then also what they're interested in learning. So that's how it kind of was for us this week. So I know you've been listening and I know you love the show. What are you waiting for? Smash the like button. Subscribe to Friends Cabrini. Learn today, lead tomorrow. The next question that we have here. So this one says, how do you make friends? Um, So how do you make friends as an unschooler? I love this question. Well, here's how. Go outside, be human, and do the things that you would normally do. It's really that simple, guys. Making friends is not hard. And I know that tons of people have this anxiety over socialization. But when I tell you unschooled children are some of the most just refined children in the world, Um, They can have very eloquent conversations with people of all ages, all demographics. We really love just really being able to just live life. One of the other things that we did this week was we went to the library and the library tends to have these teen and tween programs where kids can kind of just come together from the neighborhood and they hang out at the library and study and They make crafts and play games and watch movies and and just learn new skills and things like that. And so that's one of the things that that my son enjoys. And he's been able to do that for the past couple of weeks and kind of getting to know new kids um, in the community that he's never met before. And so that's how he's able to make friends. Uh, This year, he's also been a part of a theater production play where there were other child actors as well that participated in You know, he finished the production, not only doing a successful job um, in his role, but he also successfully made friends. And so I would really just say, be human. You know, it's, it's not hard to go out and have a conversation and say hello to someone. 
you have strangers that talk to each other all the time on the street. It's really simple and really easy. Don't overthink it. Um, and don't, don't create too much anxiety for yourself based off of what others may think that socialization should or should not look like for children. Children will find each other and they'll find a way to connect and make friends on their own. And it's not something that should be forced, but it should absolutely be organic and natural uh, for them to do that. Just, you know, be human and do your day-to-day things. Cool. So our next question, and this one says, how do you find balance as a unschooled mom? Um, hmm. I love this one. I have to think for a second about this one, guys. Hmm. How do you find balance? So for me, I would say finding balance is more so lately. It's more so been about self-care and really being intentional with um, having self-care. So even if that means like taking... 10 minutes out of the day to just play a game on my phone, I'm doing that. Um, Just finding that time here and there where you can just kind of wind down and enjoy, you know, seconds of thought time to yourself. Um, For me, I would say, yeah, just self-care. Figure out things that make you happy, that you enjoy, whether it's gaming, whether it's reading, whether it's watching a movie, um, figure those things out. The things that I've been doing a lot lately this last month, I want to say has been really watching more movies and uh, television sitcoms. I tend to always find a new sitcom every single month. And so this month, not necessarily finding a new one, sometimes it's rediscovering one that I've already seen or uh, just watch clips of, but so this month, my sitcom was Sanford and Son. Um, Sanford and Son, I think that's how I'm saying that, right? And so uh, I've been watching a lot of Red Fox's comedy and just enjoying it and having fun with the laughs and just having a good old time. And I've been able to also check out some of my favorite films as well and using that as my self-care time to kind of, you know, just be happy and finding balance and peace within myself, right? Because as a mom already, you're already busy, especially if you're a working mom, you're already busy, you're doing a lot of things and you have to care for your child. But when you add unschooling on top of it, um, again, you want to make sure that you are being at your, 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 your best self. I'll say you want to make sure that you're being at your best self. That way you can also kind of guide and nurture and pour into your child. Um, When you are not at your best self, then your children will see that and, you know, they kind of will have a ripple effect from that. Um, They may not be at their best selves as well. So I would just recommend really finding moments where you can kind of have time to yourself, whether it's taking a bubble bath, taking a walk, reading, whatever it is you like to do. Just do something fun for yourself. So the next question is about, is your house a mess? Um, no, (laughs) my house is not a mess, not ever. And thank God for that. (laughs) Um, No, um, and reason being is because 
this is actually not necessarily an unschool thing. It's really more so of an upbringing thing for me. Um, I ha had a grandmother who was a stickler for being very clean and organized. And so after so many months of not being organized, I finally managed to get everything back organized and together and really becoming a minimalist. Looking for online classes for your child? Well, what are you waiting for? Enroll at Friends of Cabrini. Learn today, lead tomorrow. Like the things we're not using or the things that we just, just you know, just sitting up there and just whatever, like just getting rid of it. That's really what I've kind of started to do. And it's been working for us. Um, I'm not a really a big fan of clutter. I am a big fan of being organized and I think that there's a difference, you know, where like you can have a lot of things and it's organized and then you can just be messy, right? Uh, but you don't necessarily have a lot of things. Um, for us, we've never really been messy. We more so had a lot of things, but I think just being able to declutter and get rid of things, share things off with other family members or donating things or giving folk things away to, you know, strangers, um, I think it's always healthy to do, especially as you're going into a new time period or a new season, just because kind of that out with the old and with the new feel. So for us, no, our house is not a mess. Um, if your home is a mess, then I would recommend looking on YouTube for some of these amazing videos that, uh, women have on how to stay organized and how to declutter and how to really just clean up your space. Um, I would recommend absolutely looking at those. There are tons and I'll actually drop links for some of my favorite, uh, my favorite ones that I, I tend to watch. I'm a big fan of staying organized though. I love to kind of organize my linen closets and kitchens and do all the little things. So um, yeah, no, we're not messy over here. Sorry, <laughs> great question, but we're not messy. Awesome. So the next one um, talks about how long should you de-school? Ooh, this is a good one too. So de-schooling. First and foremost, I think people need to understand exactly what de-schooling is. And so for me, um, de-schooling is really just kind of breaking away from the idea of what you think education should look like. Um, as kind of told or modeled to you from society, right? And so when we talk about de-schooling, nine times out of 10, usually this conversation comes up when you have a child who has been in a public school and now you're looking to transition them over either to homeschooling or to unschooling. Um, what I would first do is really kind of just like debunk all of the myths and things that your child may think about certain particular topics or subjects. Um, allow them to have fun, right? Allow them to explore the things that they're interested in and use that time to really study your child if you haven't had the opportunity to really figure out how they learn and what they're interested in. Use the time period to do so. This one really talks more so to the idea of a particular time period. So for me personally, I don't think there's really necessarily a like beginning or end time there when it comes to day schooling. I think it depends on you as a person and, as, you know, your child individually as well. 
I've heard there's a rule of thumb where it's kind of like one month for every year that your child was in public school. Um, but it just kind of depends, you know, so if you have a kiddo that's been in there for 12 years, then of course, you know, that's a full year of de-schooling and exploration, but it depends on you, right? Um, de-schooling is not necessarily something that's just for your child. De-schooling is also for the adult as well, because again, you want to be responsible and supporting your child and modeling good quality behavior and skill sets for them. So I would say take as much time as you honestly think that you need um, in de-schooling yourself. That way you can kind of understand the intention behind why you're choosing your journey to homeschool or unschool. And also really making sure that you understand, you know, it's not going to look exactly like public school. And if it is, then you're kind of defeating the purpose. Um, You want it to look individualized. You want it to look very custom and unique and different. And you have to find that out along your journey. So just, you know, enjoy it. Take as much time as you think you need. Make sure that you're being intentional. Make sure that you're understanding how your child learns and you're you're making sure that you're, you're looking at that, um, and make sure you're also understanding what they're interested in and that you can actually meet them where they are. Um, if you have a student that is more of an independent learner, then this may also be an opportunity where they can really explore and kind of start to decide, um, certain particular career paths they might want to go down, or maybe if they want to continue academically going into college or things of that nature. Um, so yeah, take as much time as you think you kind of want, you know, and yeah, just have fun with it. So we are going through these questions, guys, and I want to make sure that I'm answering them all for you guys. Um, so the next one says, do you get time off? Hmm. Well, if you are in my household as my little one is, then this is probably really like no such thing as time off just because we look at learning kind of like all year round and you're learning all the time. Learning for us is really just something that just naturally happens. Um, There's no particular set schedule that we have where it's like nine to two, we're reading books and things like that. We don't really quite do that. Um, We learn all the time. We are always exploring. There's always something to talk about and learn and, and look at, you know, there's always something that's happening. So to answer the question, me personally and for my son personally, no, we don't really have an off time, if that makes any sense. Um, we recently just realized that if we were to uh, kind of clock our hours, then we've already somewhat hit the 180-day marker um, that most parents that are homeschoolers or unschoolers have to, have to use within their state. So I suppose we really could take the remainder of the year and just do nothing and have fun. But because we find learning to be something that happens every day, 
everywhere. There's really no such thing as an off time for us. We just like to learn and, you know, enjoy life again, just do life and do normal day-to-day things. Um, I suppose that this question could be posed to others that are homeschoolers and unschoolers and they may have a different answer. But for us, I'm afraid we don't get an off time. Uh, yeah, that's the best I can say with that question. So thank you to the person who asked this one as well. And another question I'm looking at here says, do unschoolers have structure? I believe we do. <laughs> um, I think that depends again on what you define as structure. For us, structure is more so kind of like boundaries, uh, knowing what not to do, what you can do, what the limitations are, um, manners, right, respect, um, integrity, uh, things of that nature. So I think it depends on what you consider structure to be. If you're looking at it like in a sense of if you're learning five days out of the week and there's like homework and things like that like similar to how public schools do well again we go all year round and so we learn all the time that would be our version of structure um but what we really look at in our home as structure is really more so about just the human being itself you know um, looking at the human being itself, are you respectful to others? Um, do you have integrity, right? Uh, are you, you know, defining what your boundaries are for yourself? And do you understand, you know, um, how far to go on things and how far to test things and experiment with things and explore and, you know, in a safe way? So, yes, I would say that unschoolers have structure. I think it depends again on what structure looks like for you. So for us, that's just some of the ways that I can think about how we have structure. Uh, let's see. So I already answered the one about making friends. And I think guys, I'm actually at the last one. Yeah, we're at our last question. So number 10, uh, can single parents unschool? Of course, I'm a single mom. So yes, uh, single parents can unschool and it's very doable. It's very possible, especially if you are a single parent with one income or if you have multiple incomes as a single parent, it's doable. Um, you will need to juggle, of course, things. And when I say that, I say it because I'm thinking about like my little one, he started to started working in his craft in his field and um as a single parent a lot of times you don't want to miss a single thing that your child is doing you want to be there to support everything but sometimes you know especially if you're working you, you might have to miss something you might have to ask for help or ask for others to kind of step in and assist you there so i would say just make sure that you have a support team behind you right uh, you have a supporting cast because it does truly take a village to raise a child. But if you're talking about 
um, again, academic-wise and unschool-wise, then absolutely you can. Uh, do what makes sense within your budget. Do what makes sense within your geographic area and your reach. For us, we love to travel, and so I like to always create a budget at the beginning of the year for that and we try to map out like the different places that we want to go throughout the year and then we just hit our targets as much as we can and if we miss something it's okay you know there's always the following month or the following year or what have you so I would recommend definitely budgeting looking at your budget uh, making sure again you have a supporting cast and making sure that you understand you have to balance everything so juggling the time um, if you're a working single parent you have to balance your schedule with that of your child and what it is that they have going on vice versa if you're a stay-at-home single parent great then you get to explore all the time with your, your kid you get to do all the things and that's wonderful so um yeah that's how i would say that and I want to say thank you guys again for all of these questions. Um, I know some people are probably like wondering why haven't you guys been hearing any of our episodes lately? And that's really because for me, I just kind of decided, guys, I wanted to take time off for the fall of 2023 and just really do life with my son and have fun. And we had a ball, I will say. So I will be sharing um, on the upcoming episodes what we've been up to and how we've been doing it. And you guys might get a special feature uh, this season from my little one as well. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Make sure you continue to subscribe to the Friends of Cabrini podcast on all of your listening servers. Until next time.